For Beyond Profit, a podcast of the ANA Center for Brand Purpose, I'm Ken Beaulieu. If there's truth in numbers, then get a load of these. According to a major study of consumers by Strawberry Frog and the Reputation Institute, 69% of respondents would recommend a purpose-driven brand to others. 68% would buy the products or services of this brand. 59% would work for this company if they had the opportunity. And 54% would give the benefit of the doubt to this company if it was facing a crisis. This is a long-winded way of stating the obvious. Consumers are all in on brands that serve a purpose beyond profit, and they're not afraid to shoo away those that are lagging behind. Joining me today to discuss the results of the study is Scott Goodson, founder and CEO of Strawberry Frog, which bills itself as the world's first movement marketing company. Scott, welcome to Beyond Profit. Thank you so much for having me in this beautiful studio, cathedral ceilings, <laughs> stained glass windows, really spectacular. We went all out for we you. Went out. <laughs> yeah. So, so of all this, the, uh, the findings of your study, uh, what caught your attention? You know, we had somewhere upwards of 17,000 responses. Shocking for me was that only 27% of consumers had any clue about a brand purpose from any brand. So, you know, the ANA called brand purpose the buzzword 2018, and yet, and, and everybody's talking about it, all the CEOs, all the CMOs, everyone's trying to build, spending hundreds of millions of dollars, and yet so few people know, have an inkling on what that is. I think that's probably the biggest information, so there's a lot of work these companies have ahead of them to activate the purpose so that their employees and the consumers know what it's, what's happening. So what that's also led to is a whole host of new winners. So if you look at traditional brand indexes, what you see are famous names like Google and Facebook and Nike and others. They're nowhere to be seen on this list for a number of reasons. You have a whole host of uh, brand winners and laggards and that to me is, is quite fascinating. So really through a, a completely new prism you see brands that are doing extremely well in terms of how consumers are seeing them. I think the other thing that is fascinating is that if you look at consumers who are let's say leaning more Republican and leaning more Democrat you actually see brands which are ranking very well among each of those groups and then brands that actually do well with both of those groups. So some brands which are perhaps too political end up not reaching a higher ranking because they're either offensive to one group or the other at a very politicized time in our, in our society. So those are, I say, top line findings. Can you venture a guess as to why more consumers, you know, sort of haven't jumped on this whole purpose bandwagon? I think it's because it's not well communicated, it's not activated. So I think the problem is that companies you know, the classic scenario is the CEO or CMO will spend a fortune developing a, a, in the search for the why. What is your why? Find the why. And then they will find that why and then they'll put it into an extremely beautiful PowerPoint presentation that goes on the shelf and never is ever activated upon. That's the problem. Like, how do you take that brand purpose and turn it into some form of action, some experience, something that people can see with their own eyes? And I'm not talking about some ad campaign because purpose is what drives this whole organization. How do you, you know, the business roundtable last year, led by Doug McMillan, the CEO of, of Walmart, said Milton Friedman was wrong. It's not about shareholder value, it's about stakeholder value. That's what companies need to be focused on. Stakeholders are employees, the community, society as a whole, in, and shareholders. So if you think about that, 
and the role of purpose as a core business strategy for how an organization should build products, deliver products, treat, you know, manufacture products, then you can ask yourself, okay, is an ad, let's say for a sneaker brand that takes a stand for, say, um, Colin Kaepernick, but at the same time perhaps has a reputation for questionable manufacturing, is that going to res result in, in consumers responding like, okay, this really does live its purpose? Because that's what we're asking people. What brands are living their purpose, activating their purpose in such a way that you genuinely feel like they're on a mission to drive positive change in our, in our world? I was particularly shocked to learn that a number of brands, including Dick's Sporting Goods, are not getting credit for their efforts to improve society. Why is that? I think most consumers just aren't aware of the purpose-oriented actions out there in the world. I think, for example, we ask consumers which of a range of social issues they associated with each of the brands that are in the Purpose Power Index study, and few associated dicks with gun safety or gun rights. The lesson, I think, is may very well be that as marketers, we hear about this all the time, but the general consumer doesn't. And just because it's a headline in a ANA newsletter doesn't mean that your mother or my sisters are going to know about it. I think that's the reality. And it's typically not, sometimes it is, but typically not just one action. It's a series of, of decisions and a series of actions and a series of behaviors that lead up to a, a greater understanding among a broad range of people. So from that perspective, what do marketers need to do to elevate those do-good efforts? I think if I look at the study and what we've learned from consumer feedback is purpose brands need to do four things very well. Having purpose products and services and operations, i.e., sustainability standards, advocating for their employees, giving back to their communities and to society as a whole, doing social activism, you know, taking on an important social issue. I personally believe that organizations that drive positive change for their consumers and their employees will end up more successful over time because people stay in the organization longer, people live longer, i.e. consumers live better lives because you're helping to drive that and they remain customers longer continually driving your growth. Whereas if you're poisoning their living environment and they're not having services and products that actually enhance their lives but shorten their lives, you're going to have to continually fish for new consumers. So it's an interest in organizations to actually drive the type of positive change that allows their employees and, and their consumers and the communities to thrive. To me, those are really the four key things that I noticed. Can you just elaborate a little bit in terms of the importance of employees carrying that purpose flag? You mentioned it, and, and I feel like that's, that's really a critical piece to this whole thing in terms of activation. In the old days, you had a bunch of folks making stuff, and then you'd go to the marketing department, and the marketing would come up with a creative advertising campaign to somehow connect with the general population. What you said in the advertising and what happened inside the manufacturing center were completely disassociated. That doesn't exist anymore. Everything you do inside is outside, and everything you do outside goes inside. So you really do need to walk the talk. You know, the employees need to live. If, if you say, we are going to help you live a better life mm -hmm. as our purpose, you need to treat your people in a way that they're living a better life. Be otherwise, you're going to get dinged in the, in the, in the media, in the, in the press. People are going to write negative articles about how you treat your people poorly or that you manufacture in factories in, in Asia where there's children. So, and you're gonna get dinged for that, especially among the younger generation who are looking for brands that have a deeper, more meaningful role in society. So, you know, unless you're able to walk the talk and that means, you know, helping your employees live better lives according to what your purpose is, 
then it's not going to work. And I'll, I'll give you an example. We've been working for the last uh, five or six years with SunTrust, which is, as of yesterday, Truist, now merged with BB&T, and we're actually working on the launch of that new brand, new bank, sixth largest in the, in the nation, uh, to launch at, uh, at Super Bowl. But getting back to SunTrust, for the last four years, we've been working on a movement called On Up. And On Up is about helping people move from financial stress to financial confidence. Now, bank tellers in a, in a financial institution are individuals who ha grapple, like most of us, with trying to put $2,000 together in a, you know, in six weeks, four weeks. So helping them become financially literate was one of the main objectives of our internal movement within SunTrust. So helping get the house in order is important before you then go out and say to the world, hey, we're going to help you become financially literate and have financial confidence. So if you can't get it right inside, how are they supposed to help your people, your customers get it right outside? So Scott, for the companies that are lagging behind on the purpose front, what can they do to move the needle in a positive way? Well, I think first and foremost, they need to get their brand purpose defined properly. Either I find that many times when I'm in meetings with CEOs or CMOs, the brand purpose they have in mind is not articulated very well and it's not actionable. It's either way too lofty or it's so basement that it's clunky and almost embarrassing. You know, like I've been in so many, I know it sounds funny, but I've been in so many meetings where the brand purpose is something to the effect of do good. I'm talking about like a hundred times. What do you do with that? You need to really think deeply about what your brand or your company's focus is. Who are your people, both inside and outside? How can you do something that is meaningful to those individuals. They actually feel like you're helping them in some way. If you can't do that and you're just saying do good, it's kind of completely toothless. It doesn't do anything. So we need to find something that is allowing us to activate that purpose. And they haven't, you know, many brands haven't articulated their purpose in a way that we can, let's say, find ways that make it relevant inside to the employees. I think identifying the way that we do it when we create like a movement and when we talk about movement, you know, years ago we were, our first client at Strawberry Frog was coming, working with Hayek at Swatch when he was alive, founder of Swatch, to launch the smart car from scratch. And the smart car was a, you know, small two-seater and it was launched as the reinvention of the urban environment. And it was intended to be like a social movement to solve problems that exist in the, in the cities when it comes to commuting, like, you know, lots of big cars, too many big cars in parking spaces, rental car companies, empty on the weekdays, but full on the weekends. So a lot of issues to be dealt with. So the movement for SMART was to come up with an idea that allowed the government officials and cities to sit with the car manufacturer and the rental car companies and others, parking organizations, to come up with solutions to solve these bigger urban issues. and. You know, that movement is almost like a societal movement. The principles of a societal movement were applied there. That allows you to take a purpose and activate it in a way that people feel like they're engaged and they're doing something to drive some type of positive change. Back to the example for SunTrust, the movement on up was a really clear movement to help America move from financial insecurity to financial confidence. And people could participate to help their family members, their friends, colleagues, and so forth. And that takes a purpose that can sometimes be a little too theoretical and maybe a little dry and turn to something easy to understand, easy to activate, easy to come up with lots, you know, five years of, uh, of activation ideas that it grows and grows and grows. And SunTrust as of like uh, last month has 5.5 million participants in the movement. So to get there, to get a movement, you have to identify what's the enemy, like any societal movement. What are we standing against? And then what are we for? And then creating actions that bring that 
manifestation to life. Just like you would like any any social movement that you wanna you wanna start. My wife started I live in just north north of Manhattan and my wife started a walk to school movement because everybody drives their SUVs literally three minutes to the school. And now like eighty percent of the kids walk to school. And my, I credit my wife for doing that. Everybody I mean it was literally she woke up one day and said, This is insane. Why is everybody driving their kids one block. In fact, it's good for the kids for to face adversity. Get up and walk a block, you know. But sometimes you need to say something that startles people, that makes them think like, oh, actually, that's, yeah, that makes sense. We should do that. So uh, in addition to the survey findings, Scott, you also released uh, a purpose power index. Tell me a little bit about that. The index is a statistically validated measure of purpose based on consumers rating this brand for a number of attributes. Yep. One, it has a higher purpose that's bigger than just making money, uh, which makes sense. It improves people's lives and the lives of people in a community. It's committed to changing the world for the better. And then, you know, does it not just benefit the shareholders, but rather also the employees uh, or the customers and society as a whole. And the algorithm, you know, the Purpose Power Index algorithm, which was developed by the Reputation Institute, requires strong agreement on at least three of those four elements. Brands with the highest scores on these items appear uh, on the top of the list, the top 20, 25 uh, brands that we call the Purpose Power winners. And, um, and those are really the attributes that the winners have in common. What are some of the brands that are at the top of the Purpose Power Index? So some of the brands at the top of the Purpose Power Index are brands like Allbirds and Seventh Generation, Method, REI, which I'm talking about the top 20, let's say. And what's interesting just on, on REI is REI is up there in top, I can't remember exactly which position, like top five, it's, whereas Patagonia is like 324. Which is somewhat surprising. Which is surprising, yeah. but going back to what I said earlier, it was ranked extremely highly by Democratic consumers, but negatively by Republicans because they felt that Patagonia was way too hardcore climate change, whereas REI is in the same strategy, but is not being as focused on it. Now, Patagonia, I'm sure, is very happy to be in that position, so it's in no way saying that position is wrong. It's just, if you look at how the consumers in the United States are responding, they're responding, unfortunately, let me repeat that. They're responding for that, what they feel is important to them. Other brands on the list are UPS, which are known for taking care of their employees. You know, drivers are shareholders. Wegmans, which is a grocery store chain in New York. Another brand uh, at the top of the list is uh, Microsoft. And we talked a lot about Microsoft because I think there's definitely an aura created by the Gates Foundation that sort of sits on top of Microsoft. And I think that helped them in many respects. And then even like another top brand that came up was Kellogg's, which also got on the quite high on the list. And I think we saw that as their engagement. So why Kellogg's? I think the way we looked at the data that came back was, again, how they treat their employees, but also their engagement with families ranked very high by mo many consumers in the United States. So in many respects, there are organizations that have a purpose articulated super clearly and others are doing good things for their stakeholders may not be like super clearly articulated so there's definitely room for brands to be clearer in how they communicate their purpose and it goes back to the point I made at the very top which is that most consumers don't know what a company's purpose is which means to way we think think about it is there's a lot of uh, room for companies to grow in the United States 
by clearly identifying their purpose and then making noise about it because it's, these consumers are responding incredibly positively to brands that are either living a purpose or demonstrating that they're engaging with their stakeholders in a positive way. So there's, there's, a, there's definitely a desire and a, and a lust after it, but it's just not being delivered by a lot of companies. I want to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about what Strawberry Frog is doing with its clients. How are you benefiting them? So for 20 years, we have focused on activating purpose brands. Uh, and you may ask why 20 years that purpose is new. Actually, no, I started my career in Sweden, in Northern Europe, and back in the early 90s, consumers were demanding more of companies. So they wanted companies to do, have less packaging around products. They wanted more women in, in roles of authority and so forth. So they consumers were demanding that companies would actually do more than just make money. So we started developing purpose strategies in the early 90s for the Nordics and, and Germany. And then when we started Strawberry Frog 20 years ago now, we said, well, purpose is a great strategy for companies, but it becomes very theoretical as you work on an international basis. So when we took the idea of purpose to like Poland or Thailand or Brazil or even in the time like in North America, consumers didn't respond. They were like, it was too, too theoretical. But then when we started to the first client I think we developed a movement for was IKEA. It was not for the rich, it was for the wise. People really responded well to that. And then again, the smart car, people really responded well to it. And then from there, we did a whole movement for Heineken Globally, which was called Welcome to Champions Planet, which was all about their investment in Champions League football. And instead of just focusing on cool football players, we said everyone can be a champion, you know, be part of it, join the movement to become a champion. You know, we saw that people responded well across the globe. So that's where this idea of movement marketing came about. And, you know, we focus here in the U.S. now on working with purpose strategies to activate a movement which is a more modern and a broader approach to advertising than a traditional advertising campaign to engage consumers and build deep, meaningful relationships with them. And then we push that expertise inside organizations to work with CEOs and other leaders of companies to help them change culture inside organizations because a movement in today's culture is more effective for a leader to use in order to change the culture or to change habits than a top-down mandate. So imagine like 20 years ago, yeah, CEO would say, everyone, you jump. And everyone would say, yes, sir. Yeah. Today, they, they go, the hell with you and I'll go work somewhere else. So a movement that engages people, you know, generates trust and creativity and engagement and motivation and people feel like they're part of something bigger. And so we use that now Strawberry Frog does movement outside and movement inside. Lastly, I wanted to ask you, how do you see the purpose movement evolving this year and beyond? I think as these, the issues we're facing as a society continue to you know, affect us psychologically. I mean, I have kids that are teenagers and I don't know if you watch it every day, there's the, you know, the, the fires in Australia are freaking my kids out. And you know, there's tornadoes of fire in Australia. We have very good friends that are down there. I think we're living at a, in a precipice. I think kids, the younger generation today, are aware that we have to change our, we have to sacrifice a way of living. We've been living large, and I think there has to be a sacrifice. And I think brands and companies and organizations that are able to take these issues seriously and make real impacts and demonstrate that they're doing that and then talk about it are going to engage consumers, and, and those consumers are going to engage back, and they're going to each time they, they meet each other, they're going to feel better about themselves and they're going to, and that's where commerce is going to happen. And so I think purpose is going to become more important. I think everyone will have one and we're going to see the 
purpose power index, I'm sure in the next couple of years, rise in terms of how many people I can I clearly identify an organization's purpose. I think right now it's in the minds of the marketing inside baseball, so to speak. But in the next few years, people are going to talk about it like it's like they talk about advertising. That's my part. I mean, that's what happened in Northern Europe. So why would it be different here? Well, Scott, thank you so much for joining me on Beyond Profit. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure. And it's certain this discussion has been all about like Beyond Profit. So it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. If you want to learn more about his agency, please visit strawberryfrog.com. That's strawberryfrog.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.